We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. Hey there, it's me, Kim one of the co-hosts of The Pragmatic Doulas and also the technical coordinator for this podcast. This week we're going to offer you up an encore presentation that we did with the incredible, amazing uh, Sam Leeson, who is the founder of Baby Ready. And you can find her on TikTok uh, at Baby Ready. And I think if you listen to TikTok, you have to watch her. She is incredible, amazing, and has so much great information as far as being pregnant and pregnancy and being a doula and all of that. So we hope so much that you will enjoy this encore presentation. Right now, Suzanne, Stephanie, and I are working on it's kind of a revamp of the pragmatic doulas we kind of feel like we've been stuck into a bit of a rut as far as the podcast goes so we're sitting down and we're pulling out the drawing board and we're getting all sorts of good new stuff happening and we're very excited to to get to it uh probably for the fall for the beginning of uh september uh into september so Do in the meantime, enjoy this encore presentation. And if you have any questions for us or any information you'd like to get from us, remember that you can always reach us at thepragmaticdoulas at gmail.com. Have a good one. All right. Welcome to the Pragmatic Doulas podcast. I'm Kim. I'm Suzanne. I'm Steph. And we've got... Sam. Yes. Aren't we so lucky? I can't believe we got... You're famous. The famous oh. Sam Leeson. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. here in this room, you're famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And we are so thrilled that you agreed to come talk to us today. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Good to be here. And Sam. we're recording from Steph's house. Woo-hoo. Yeah. We are. Hey, yeah. Do we Maybe. sound different? We might sound a little different. Yeah. Steph has a <laughs> significantly bigger house with less furniture. But, yes. There's yeah. no furniture. Here. There's <laughs> like a table and a sofa. Mm-hmm. But... It's fucking expensive to put shit in a house. It is. It is. Just be grateful you got walls and a roof. I am very and grateful I have walls and a roof. I'm not so happy for all of the, the floor part that has to be mopped because the dogs are like, uh, it's a racetrack in here, right? <laughs> so, also, there are different dogs here. Yes. Jack is dogs. not here. Jack is today. not here. He's at home. This is the first Sleeping. time that Jack has not been present <clears throat> on the podcast. Oh my God. Right. That's true. And sometimes Molly's been with us. Mm-hmm. Molly's not here today either. No, I left them at home. Thank Chris. Are your dogs around? Are they I created them? them. Oh, okay. So Gertie might be the pregnant. Critic. She had uh, artificial insemination last week. And so mm-hmm. we're trying to keep her energy low. And with new people here, her energy would be so high. As you know, oh, yeah. How she came in. literally, yeah. the both of them, I'm like, I'm not even afraid of dogs. And this is terrifying me. Like, oh, I don't know what's that happening was here. <laughs> that was that what that was? That was a precursor. What Winston wanted to do was knock you guys down so he could hump you. Right. Oh, Try. yeah. So <laughs> everything in your life has to do with humping yeah, inseminating yeah. of some kind. Yeah. You there just you can never escape it. Or fun in the backyard. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate that you came west. Thank you. Yes. No, it was good. I mean, this was not 
certainly wasn't a terrible drive. Like, I mean, yeah, it wasn't. wasn't. I was really nervous about. I was like, oh my god, it's gonna take forever. But mm, fifty. Yeah, it was about an 52 hour. Fifty-two minutes. My thing said fifty-four, but I actually somehow shaved off two minutes and got here. That's like yeah. a goal for me. <laughs> I'm always GPS, so mad right? yeah. when the time increases. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I'm driving now, fast. Now I have to speed even more, right? So yeah. that I can it's win. So bad. But then you also get to blame the GPS. You were wrong. <laughs> it's all your fault. <laughs> Stephanie also put out a whole bunch of food, so you might. <coughs> Eating, mm-hmm. eating, because I'm starving. So yes, I might eat because you're waiting on a birth. Mm-hmm. You have to head out. So my because you never know. Times are all weird, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like yeah, how do I? Say, oh, no, I'm just gonna go about my regular life until it's time to go. Never. Mm-mm. Being mm-hmm. on call means you forget to do things like eat. Because I'm gonna go lie down. It's 6 p.m., which was dinner time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't eat dinner because I was like, oh, I need to sleep for possibly heading out in the middle of the night. And then forgot to eat dinner. Yeah, which is unheard Not of eating for me. has never been a problem yeah. for me. <laughs> like unheard of. Forgetting to eat has never been a problem for me. <laughs> Nobody cooked. Uh, and that's not true. Noah brought me a hot dog. I did eat a hot dog. <laughs> I thought you had Good ribs. Man. But that was like way like at lunchtime. Come oh, okay. On. Come on. Hours before. Oh, yeah. Hours before. So I, sh- I, I normally I would have eaten at least something. So I did, but I did have a hot dog at about eight. Eight o'clock. There you go. There you go. So there you go. Yeah, I'm good. So you're good waiting for a birth. Yeah, I'm waiting. You're waiting to find out for a positive pee stick for your dog. dog. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You waiting on anything sexual today, Sam? I'm really not. No. Yeah. Not today. Damn it. Not today. Nothing not today. Nothing. No. No, that's the beauty of retirement. Yeah. Well, well, that's what we're talking about. Isn't today, that right? why we brought you here today? Right. So you could tell us all about. What that has been like for you? Because I don't know if any one of you guys is anywhere near contemplating that decision. I know I'm not, unless I win the lottery. Yeah, not so much the actually wanting to do it. I mean, I think you kind of get to a point where it's kind of like you know it's time. But how do you do it? Uh, It it was an evolution. Um, Well, how did you start? Wait, wait, wait. What, What was the? Hold on a minute. Maybe we should tell people. Well, you're famous to us. We do have listeners in the southern United States who might not have heard of the amazing of South. Me? I mean, oh really? <laughs> what are you people doing with your lives down there? But can we sort of get a little bio about yeah. who you are, first of all? Like, all right. All about, tell us everything. Okay. Well, um, I guess first and foremost, I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my eldest is 21, mm-hmm. and my baby is 18 so that's fergus is my eldest quinn is my baby mm-hmm. seems weird. and we've heard the birth stories of both quinn I, and fergus I'm not haven't sure we we've, i think have we not we only heard one yeah only we, one? Haven't done, we haven't heard quinn's yet yeah oh, so yeah. Th- this is perfect i there thought you, you know uh, you could like do this one live <laughs> yeah um and then um and then i'm a stepmom to a really cool 13 year old girl mm-hmm. riley um with my wife Brenda Mm -hmm. and uh, that's sort of who I am as a person Mm -hmm. I like day to day day to day yeah Yeah. Um, I got into the birth world 21 more than 21 years ago um, or about 21 years ago after the birth of my first child so I, I was a women's studies student in university and 
was always involved in women's issues. I, I did uh, volunteer work for the Sexual Assault Center in London. I was a standardized patient uh, through the um, obstetrics and gynecology program at Western. Everything I did was woman-centered, female reproduction-centered, that kind of thing. Then I had a birth where I had less control than I would have liked to have had, which is sort of what I discussed in the in the birth story that I shared with you guys before, Fergus's birth story, to push me to get into the to the doula world. And I started attending births after doing my training. Um, the, pro, the, the businesses that I did my training with became doula care. And that's not even doula care anymore, is it? Is no, it no. It's become the AOD. Right. So, yeah, that's how many years ago it was. It was like several um, yeah. um, programs. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and then I started doing, I wanted to teach uh, prenatal classes. So I took a program that was running through, it was a, a program that ran both through Humber College and Women's College Hospital. Um, and it was a longer program because um, it wasn't a weekend course or something you do in a few weeks. This took me a few years to mm. complete. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Within class training and stuff like that. It was pretty in depth. And I started working at Trillium Health Center in Mississauga and started teaching um, in I don't know, 20 years ago or something like that. Mm. And was there for a lot of years and only left Trillium really just because I was wanting to have smaller class sizes as hospital budgets got cut class sizes got bigger i was sitting with 15 to 20 couples in a class jesus that's yeah. how it was at, at um <coughs> york central was that we were having oh huge yeah classes. 18 yeah. couples 18 were, were just standard no yeah. and it just my class style has always been very conversational. I want my, I want the couples that I'm talking to to be able to ask questions. And, yeah, I'm going to get the core information out there, but I want you to come into the class and feel like this is my forum, my opportunity, my place to learn whatever it is I've come to learn. And I'll make sure you get the basics. But somebody's told you something that's been niggling in your brain, and now you're worried about it. And if you don't have a – a class that's small enough where you can put up your hand and say, okay, somebody told me that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, then then I feel like what was the point in taking the class? Because the baby's coming out anyway, right? Yeah. At the end of yes. the day, the baby's yeah. coming out anyway. It's the extra stuff you get in a class that you really get mostly from conversation and stuff like that. So I I walked away um, from teaching at Trillium, but I, I still teach. And I've had, I don't know, Tens of thousands of couples come through my prenatal classes over the years. That's awesome. Um, I teach in Thornhill is one location I teach at. I was teaching with the Missis in the at the Mississauga office for the midwives for years. Now I'm running classes in Burlington area, Oakville area, and the classes that I'm doing now I've uh, in the in the West End especially are primarily. LGBTQ plus focus classes, so not um, not that I've excluded heterosexual couples, but the focus of my mm -hmm. classes now is that members of my community, the LGBTQ plus community, are not the other for a change. Right, mm -hmm. right, yeah. So you're still teaching. I'm still teaching, but okay. I'm not attending births. So what right. I've retired from is the attending births, and that yeah, was yeah. hard to yeah. come to that. But I've been on call for 21 years, mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. And my phone has been beside my bed every night for the better part of 21 years, mm -hmm. waiting to ring. And hundreds of babies later, and I just needed to know that I could 
go to sleep and I would wake up in the morning when I woke up and 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 I've been blessed then to also um, manage and run a health and wellness a chiropractic and wellness center in Burlington mm -hmm. so that gives me full-time work to still work in the health and wellness field and women's and children's health world so it kind of keeps my feet in that world without without being on call but it was it was hard uh, April 8th was the birth of of my retirement baby <laughs> it ended up being um, the midwife is a friend of mine the mom birthing was a friend of mine so it all oh that's was nice. all pretty cool mm -hmm. a fun way to, to retire oh that's sweet mm -hmm. was there a switch that flipped for you where you <clears throat> kind of knew when you booked that birth that this was it there there was yes and no there was an evolution that came through so um, two years ago my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm and so we went through that journey and I think you and I communicated um, during that time because I had people asking me if I'd be their doula and I was like, I can't, can't take any more uh, clients. So I was referring out <clears throat> and, um, and I still did births while she was in treatment, but it, it was hard because I was, I was on call for her. I wanted to be there for her. Yeah. Um, as much as she needed me to be there and 99% of the time she didn't need me to be there but I needed to you know that she to, yeah. could have me yeah. there if she wanted me there yeah. and um, so I took on some clients I didn't take on very many clients during that time and then when she was through all of her treatment and things were fine I was jumping back in and I felt like I didn't have the same gusto and I when, when you know you know that feeling when your phone rings and you're and you're going to a birth and you get there and you're excited to be there and I was even still I was excited every time I got to a birth there were there was that feeling between the births between the times the phone would ring and I would think I mm. I'm ready to not be on call anymore mm -hmm. I'm ready to not have to worry about will I be at Christmas dinner will I Will I make it to different events? Will I have a chance to book some holiday time? Um, all of those kinds of things. <clears throat> so um, after my wife was finished treatment and was fine, and she is really fine now. She's Yay. fantastic. Amazing. Such um, good news. It is. And uh, we decided that we would finally get married. We'd been engaged for a while. So we got married last summer and took a honeymoon in November. And at that time, I had five or six clients still to birth. And I said to her before we left, I said, while we're on our honeymoon and there's no phones, there's no distractions, there's no, I think that we need to talk about what my future looks like as a doula. And, and she, you know, being very supportive as she always is, she said, this isn't my decision. This is your decision. And I said, I know, but it affects you. Right, as mm -hmm. you guys know, yes. your doula life is not is not is not Doesn't in a silo in this little space so, just right. with me in it. Yeah, everyone around everybody you. around you is affected. So we spent some time while we were laying on our bolly beds in Mexico and talking <laughs> about the right, where, where it's easy to have people bring you drinks and you can make all kinds of life decisions <laughs> whether you follow through when you get setting. home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, another thing. But we just talked about me being ready to be off call and uh, just have that that space back and she said you know it's 100% your call but if that's what you're ready to do it, she, she's always said this is what you're meant to do because I came home from my very first birth as a doula and I said to my then partner this is what I was meant to do this is what yeah. I'm supposed to do with my life 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and my ex looked at me and said, well, how can you know that? You've yeah. done one birth. You just feel <laughs> it. I don't you know. Just know it. I just exactly. know. Same thing. Yep. Right? Yep. And, and so I did. <clears throat> For years and years and years and years, I felt like this is what I was drawn to do. And my wife kept saying, this is what you're meant to do. And I said, yeah, I'm, but my, my feeling now is that I have stepped away from that. And so it opened up this opportunity for me to have time to sort of build baby ready more and the LGBTQ plus stuff more because out in the West End, there's nothing. Right. Yeah. There really is very little in the way of resources for couples who want to get pregnant, um, where to take classes, where to learn about, um, how to go through the journey. And um, I have created a Facebook page that's for LGBTQ plus parents in the Burlington, Oakville, Golden Horseshoe kind of area. And, and really it's open to anybody who wants to participate. The idea is, because this is something that, that my wife and I talked about too, as Riley was growing up, where does she see other families that look like ours? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. In the kind of, I mean, short of us picking up and moving to Church of Melsey where <laughs> she may see lots yes. of that. Yeah. It's, it's, Burlington doesn't, and maybe Burlington does, but there are no resources to bring everybody together. So it was not, it, for me, it isn't even just about the getting pregnant and pregnancy and birth part. It's about that whole parenting journey too. The parenting community yeah. that matches you. That that looks like our family. So that yeah. when we go to a barbecue, sometimes you know, there are <laughs> other families that look like ours. Somebody else that right? Yeah, you can yeah. So what? T- tell us about what your birth work looked like. Your birth doula work. Uh, where did you do your training? How many clients were you? Work, did you start out working with, and how did that evolve? What, what was happening at the height of your birth doula mm-hmm. career? Um, so I did my training through Elsar and Souls, which, mm-hmm. as I say, they sort of became defunct and merged into becoming doula care. Um, That's a flashback right there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been doing this for when, a long when time. When was the last time you heard doula care? No, yeah. Well, not doula care. Elsar. 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 Yeah. 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 For the new doulas, it's like, don't even bother looking yeah, it up. They probably up. don't even have a I don't even know. Right? I, I was going to say, I'm not going to find it on the internet. No, probably not. Do you know what? <coughs> One of them did. One of them had a website because I distinctly remember the background being purple and, the, and it being white yes. font. Mm, yes. And they had email because I remember listening to my computer go, this was the very first website ever. <laughs> So long ago. Seriously, some of these doulas who are twenty something are listening to us and thinking we had pagers too. Yeah. Oh, we had pagers, yeah. yeah. We had to oh have my pagers. god. I was still Instant watching coffee. my little pony when you guys were doing this stuff. <laughs> That's right. We were supporting families this way, okay? <laughs> Yeah, we had the very first cell phone that looked like a brick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello? Hello? What's for bag? How far are the contractions? What? Yeah. Wait, let me move into another room. Yes. <laughs> you go out into the backyard on the northeast corner of your backyard. Stand on that rock. Yes. Okay, now I can hear you clearly, totally. Everything's fine. But when walking oh into a, uh, um, a hospital, yeah. it's like a great uh, weapon. If you oh. have that in your bag, you can windmill that sucker and take out anyone who tried to take you out. Who needs pepper spray? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. You don't need mm-hmm. your words. 
So, yes. So, as you know, I did my training at the dawn of time. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Jurassic Park music. <laughs> um, and, and even then, Fergus was about six months old. So, it was a training. I did it in... Uh, I did it in Hamilton, actually. I did it in Hamilton. It was at McMaster. They rented some rooms there. And there was actually a mini earthquake in Ooh. Hamilton Ooh. that during, during the journey. We're all like, this is this Hamilton, right? You people are going to change. We're not, we're not on a big fault line, are yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little one. My world is changing. The world is now going yeah. to have me as a jeweler in yeah. it. So, um, and I just remember because my ex had to keep bringing Fergus to me because he was still nursing. Yeah. Right. Um, so, um, so when I started out, I was kind of going to the Ontario earlier centers and, you know, I was eager and I had a, a young baby. So I was hanging out at the earlier center and passing out my handmade <laughs> business cards and saying, <laughs> you, that you printed up on your printer. Right. Because just to print it took, that took two hours <laughs> just to spit them out. That's right. Yep. Yep. You new doulas have no idea. You have no idea. Fucking what you have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Stop yeah, asking for everything Facebook. to be handed to you. We were, right? There was Facebook now. So they, they just put the message out, and I'm a doula, and everybody yep. knows that they're a doula. You don't have to go and talk to people face yep. to face. Yep. Get yeah, to know what? Them. Yeah, oh, and that's it. <laughs> you're I mean, you're a do what? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> so is that the same as a midwife? Actually, that question that hasn't changed. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. We still get that question. question yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, I work from the, from the waist up. They yeah. work from the waist down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so and so the, the at the very beginning, births were kind of sporadic, and I did probably half a dozen or a dozen in my first year or so. So it yeah. wasn't a <clears throat> jump right on in. And then I was doing my training for Humber College and um, through Humber College for the childbirth education program. And then I wasn't even finished that program, and I got picked up at Trillium to teach mm-hmm. at Trillium. Mm-hmm. And I, I was teaching under Louise Quinaggi, who what just a phenomenal woman to have as your boss when you're first getting into that world. So supportive, had such a great vision for the program. Um, and, and she left the program to go and do other wonderful things with Trillium and, and you know, I was sad to see her go. Um, but she was it was great to have her as my first sort of step into Trillium Health Center. And her and learning about her foundations about what she thought about birth. So I once I started working there, I started. So I had so many clients. Mm-hmm. Like I was when before I left Trillium, I'd been there for about ten years. I was teaching lots of times, five six days a week. Mm. Yeah, and I was doing oh, half a dozen be- births a month. Whoa! Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, those were the days when I was homeschooling too, right? Which was oh my another God. way that we know That's each another other. way we know each yeah. other, yeah. Um, with the homeschooling. I, I was probably running on fumes most of the time, but I just didn't know it because that was just... That was your normal, That yeah. was normal, right? Wow. And, but that was my time with my kids too. If I, if I was teaching evenings and weekends mm-hmm. and at birth nine times out of ten through the night, then I had my days, days with my kids. That's how it was True. with me, too. I did overnight support and taught in the evenings. Yeah. But that meant in the day 
I was always just a little bit like a zombie. Just <laughs> oh, slightly. Sure. But we just, <laughs> operated, <laughs> zombie for we just operated that yeah. way yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah. That's right. Keep those expectations low for the kids, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. You are totally yeah. capable of making breakfast for everyone. Right. Um, <laughs> they are totally yeah. capable of making Here, breakfast for themselves. Yeah. Here is it. You can't reach the, can't reach the microwave. Here's a little stepping stool for you to step up there. Because I believe these buttons because I need to sleep till 9.30. Yeah. That was my thing with my kids. And, and see, and my kids would stay up till 10.30 or 11 when I would get home from teaching. Uh-huh. And then I would put them to bed so that they would sleep in until 9.30 or so in the morning. Okay. And, yeah, and it's funny because even my wife and I have known each other for years and years and years. And um, here's, here's a fun fact. Uh, I taught her prenatal classes. Oh, yeah. That's that's um, and we became friends out of that. And you guys teach prenatal classes, so I know you. I have neither one of us have met our soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another podcast. You can tell us how you did that because I just don't see it happening. Well, but hell, you never know. Apparently, you know you meet all these people, and yeah. and every once in a while somebody stands out and you're like oh i have a connection with that person mm-hmm. and so you're talking during the breaks and talking yes. afterwards and yeah yeah and she and i did we just we just connected and had a great friendship really right from the very very beginning and so we were friends for a few years and never thought anything romantic and then found ourselves to be single and and there thought hey let's let's investigate this and and here we are but um but before you go on i just wanted to say <laughs> Twice in my years of teaching prenatal classes, twice I have taught in my class children of the Leche Lake leaders that I worked with. Oh, in really? Groups. And I remember these kids as like toddlers running around <laughs> and nursing, it. and now here they were in my class with their partners expecting a baby, and I didn't recognize any of them. They went home and told told their moms about who was teaching them, and they're like, "What?" Suzanne Lamb, oh my god, that, that's happened twice. Oh, years. that's so, so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. That is so cool. Yeah. There were a couple times that I was teaching at Trillium that people I knew from high school came into my premium <laughs> classes so that I hadn't seen in years yeah. and years and years since high school. Yeah. And then they'd be sitting in my class and I'd be looking at my class list and looking at the names mm. and looking at them going, What? Hey. Yes, I know you. Yeah. Just, just odd because I grew up near Collingwood. The other, like, that's all okay. Collingwood. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's not like I grew up in Mississauga and right. people are from Mississauga. So it was just a, a strange mm-hmm. dynamic. Then I went off on that tangent and I forget what I was going to say. You were talking about meeting your, your wife at your prenatal classes and, and um, how you were managing doing half a dozen births plus teaching. Oh, right. So, yeah, so, <clears throat> so when she was on her mat leave after, her, after Riley was born, she would come over and have coffee with us. And they were early risers. And I would say to her, don't come before 9.30 in the morning because we won't be out of bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she'd come at 9.30 and we were just getting out of bed. And she, I think because Riley, well, she was a lot younger than my kids too, but she was up and at it and er, bright and early. And so I, I'm sure that a lot of people would think, you say your kids don't get up till 9.30, but I mean, come on, kids mm-hmm. get up early, yeah. don't they? And then yeah. she'd get there and go, man, your kids really aren't They really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's just how I had them conditioned. Yes. But that was, like I said, that's how I got to spend time with them too, mm-hmm. by being able to. Mm-hmm. How many births have you actually done? I, I truly couldn't tell you an exact number. It's over 500. Holy shit. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. I have a spreadsheet, so. Do you? And I'm so impressed when I say 
I'm attended 176 bars. <laughs> oh, I feel like I deserve, like, there should be a, an applause soundtrack yeah. or something. Yeah. Yes. yes. Because the people in my class, they're like, wow. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. So you just got to bask in that. Yeah, absolutely. And and truthfully, <clears throat> you know, you, you realize every single one is absolutely different. Mm -hmm. And and there yeah. would be times when I go, oh, well, this one's going to be like this and mm -hmm. like this and like this. And I get there and, and the birth would say, oh, no, no, no I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while. in your face. Put you in your place. That's right. <laughs> you think you know, Dula? No. Watch this. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Here's some stalling for uh -huh. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, guess what? Baby's born. You're in the parking lot and the baby's already born. That's right. <laughs> I can honestly say that's only happened to me, thankfully, twice. Mm -hmm. But I still carry guilt yes. about the first that, that you that you missed by, by out of seconds. by no fault of your own. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's happened the to most, me more than twice. The most interesting birth was actually only about eighteen months ago. My cousin um, lives in Rochester, and I, <clears throat> but. She's Canadian. She births her doctors at Sunnybrook. She births up here. Five weeks before her due date, she started having contractions. So mm. we were texting back and forth, and then we were talking on the phone, and then texting back and forth. And I said, I know you don't want to have your baby in Rochester. I get you want to come up here with your doctor and everything. Do me a favor. Just go just and be go assessed. Get checked. Yeah. 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 Just, just a little just, quick just peek. Just, just let them have a quick look. So she went, and they assessed her, and they kept her for a few hours. And <clears throat> And she said, you know, I just, I just want to go back to Toronto. I just want to go back to Toronto so I can get home, so I can have my baby there. And they finally got things slowed down for her. But she was three centimeters. Um, so they got things slowed down for her. And, uh, and this, this was is, baby number what? This is baby number two. Two. Okay. Um, and I was there for the first baby because he came when he was supposed to and mm -hmm. was, was already in nice Canada. Nice and obedient. Right? What we want. Yeah. Jeez. And, uh, and, um. So she she had called at around nine o'clock and said, I'm at the hospital. They say I'm not allowed to go back. They, this is where I'm at. This is how mm. frequent the contractions are. So I said, okay, I got my passport. I'm on my way. I've never gone to Rochester for a birth before. I've done births okay. essentially. I've, I've been up to Collingwood a couple times. I've been over to Toronto East. I don't think I've gone further east than Toronto East. I've Really? All the way down to, mm -hmm. to Grimsby. Mm -hmm. um, I've done births virtually As people all who over. live in the east end of the city were yes. very, very offended by that. I'm, I'm terribly <laughs> sorry. Well, because you guys have got the area so well covered. Oh, well, you don't okay, need fine. that. Fine. Yes. Look, <laughs> I, I have noticed. Battery. I have. <laughs> Mrs. do not. And I'm sorry. Mississauga Doulas do not what? No. The I west comes into Toronto all, all the time. time. Yeah. The east never goes west. People Actually, in Toronto barely go west. True. People in but Toronto people barely in, go west. People in Mississauga always come into Toronto. Stay yeah. out of my damn hospital. <laughs> I need the work. As an Ajacian, I was always in Toronto. Actually, I was pretty much lived in Sunbrook. You used to live in Scarborough in the east. Yeah. East, east. This is not new. even. Oh, but when you were a doula, you lived way like out of the city, right? Like Ajax. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's where you did the bulk of your career, right? Yeah. I did. Um, yeah, I did. Do so I can't imagine going to birth like in Collingwood. And See, but that's where I grew up. There. So it was people right. that I, yeah, that that I knew. True, that yeah. I knew, and they, you know, oh, can wow. you do it? Okay, yeah, I'll come up. And so I do. I go up and do a birth there and stuff. But um, so yeah, so I got in the car and went down to 
Rochester and, and it literally was, well, here's, here's the best part. I crossed the border and all of a sudden I have only phone call capabilities. My car has decided now that I'm across the border, I have the plan on my phone, but it won't let me send text messages, receive text messages, use my GPS, nothing. Oh, shit. so it's dark. It's January, oh, my God. and I'm driving to my cousins in Rochester. Then I've been to a few times, but not enough times to be able to say, "Oh, I know I how, know to, how get to get there easily in the dead of winter." In the dark. in the dark, yeah. And so I was thinking, well, I guess we'll figure out if I know how to get there. So wow. I just, I just drove, and I was about an hour out, and my cousin's husband called and said they're going to let us go home. They slowed things down. They're going to let us go home. We're not supposed to leave. The area, but we're going to do not leave the state. (laughs) Stay, stay here. So I pull into the driveway, and I'm literally getting out of my car as they're getting pulling in the driveway from the hospital. She gets up. She goes, "I'm just getting my stuff. I'm getting in your car. You're taking me home." I was like, "Okay." Taking her home? What is she? To Toronto. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I said, "Okay." Mm-hmm. So we went in, we threw some stuff together and, and more stuff together because I thought I need to drive is it? Um, from my place, from oh, Burlington, yeah, from, from my place, it's, a, it's like two and a bit hours, but to oh, get to bad. get from her place into Toronto, Toronto to downtown. It was close, closer to three hours. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah, two and a half, three hours. It, it was the middle of the night I'd by that point. I'd have done it. <laughs> well, and, and, and I'm so. I'm up for it. Adventure on the road. Put her in the car, and we. <clears throat> and my biggest concern was getting to the border. I figured once I'm at the border, now I know where I am. St. Catharines, I know that hospital. Grimsby, been there. Like yeah. Hamilton, yeah. I've been to all these hospitals. Yeah, I know where they are. I know what I'm doing. But yeah. just get to the border. Yes. And then I said, because you don't know the wilds of upstate New York quite <laughs> so well. <laughs> so well. Never been to a birth in the bushes of like <laughs> between Syracuse, Rochester, or whatever. Right. Else is and up so, there. And. and and her husband wasn't with us because he was still packing things at home <coughs> to grab their three-year-old to put him in the car right. to, to follow, to follow up. Oh my God. So I'm like, okay, off we go. So we get in the cars. We're pulling up to the border. I just said to her, please do me a favor. Just don't have a contraction that he can see. I don't know what he'd do. You're Canadian. You're going back to your mom's. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they would do anything, but dear Lord, now is not the time to find out. Yeah. 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 So we crossed the border and we got there. <laughs> we stopped. I needed gas because I'd driven to Rochester. Yes. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so we stopped in Burlington at uh, an SO station and a Tim Hortons and she went into the bathroom. It was, she was very obviously pregnant and she's waddling into the bathroom <laughs> with a bit of a grimace on her face and I'm, I'm getting coffee. And the woman's kind of watching her walk into the bathroom. Because this has been on the news before. <laughs> yeah. She's with thinking, the woman who has to tell me you're not having your baby in the bathroom at <laughs> <clears throat> But we made it to our mom's. And then, uh, or sorry, we made it to Sunnybrook. And and they they said, no, everything's still, you're still just three centimeters. And mm-hmm. sent her home. And she had her baby after a monumental snowfall the oh, next wow. night. Of so course. it had been clear, thankfully, going to New York to New York, but then I'm back in Burlington and I get the call I have to follow the snow plows across the four oh seven and seven o'clock in the morning. So, so the next morning. The next morning things really kicked in. 
<clears throat> so 24 hours. She had time to get some lunch. Just relax a little bit and then. And have her husband and son get there. Yeah. Wow. How efficient. That's a great that's, yeah. that's so, a story. Yeah, right? So I've had some good ones. <clears throat> that one's probably been the one that's <clears throat> the most border crossing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> Couple times. There you go. And when you're going down, like he's at the border, what are you going down for? Uh, my cousin lives down there and she just wanted to visit. Yeah. Nine thirty on a Sunday night. So as you moved through your career managing and juggling all those classes, all those births, did you ever do postpartum? I did do some because you and I shared a client with twins. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I know. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. A long time. So it's gotta be 10 or 12 years, 12 years ago, probably. Yep. Wow. Those girls yes. are so big now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did do some, um, I, I really struggled with the overnight part with the mm -hmm. sleep yeah. disruption and, and trying to balance all of that. I mean, it, the money was great. The money was it great. Was, and it worked with homeschooling for me. That was yeah. why I stuck with it yeah. until I got 40, turned to 45. Yeah. And then no, my body said, Bitch, what are you trying to do? <laughs> it's not, it's it's not when you keep me up every once in a while. Stop this nonsense. Yeah. yeah, not happening. And I had to, I had to yeah. stop doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was finding that I was becoming resentful of the fact that I'd have to go to work, and I thought, I never, yeah, yeah, I never want to feel, feel like that. that way about work. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I want to love what I'm doing whenever I'm doing it, and outside of the postpartum work. And I love the families that I was working with. I love the babies that I was working with, but I just, the, the midnights were so hard. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've done every once in a while hit and miss. I had a client who had twins and I went and did some work with them. And then a couple of years later, she had another set of twins. Damn. So I was mm. help them again mm -hmm. um, a little bit, but for the most part, so how long has your career been like from first birth to last birth? How long has your birth career been? Twenty. I was going to ask you how old you are, but never no, mind. 21 years. 21 years. Yes. And I had my okay. first baby at, because I already said Fergus was six months old. So I'll just say I had my <laughs> first baby at 12. Okay. Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 21 years. But now being off call, like that is huge. Oh my no gosh. Oh my gosh. So call. Yeah. You're, yeah. Don't you feel like your whole system kind of comes oh, down? Yeah. Everything that you're getting, <clears throat> yeah. that little subtle awareness you walk around yeah. with at all times is gone. It's like, what is this voodoo? It's what still, is this the experience? It's still hard though, because there are still times when people will say, oh, we're planning this. Can you come? And, and I have to consciously think, Oh no, I don't have to put a yeah. caveat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we can be there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, not a lot of doulas do six births a month. Right? Ooh, so that off-call schedule well, is probably teaching, not that intense. That's where most of my clients came from, yeah. right? Right. It's from my classes. Yes. And, and when you're a new doula, so you do not know how to say the word no. Yeah. Right. You, you, it, you say yes to everybody. Yeah. When the jobs come, you're like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. You need to get, I mean, for the newer doulas now, you need to get, if you are having, getting bombarded, you need to get okay with saying the word no. Yeah. Because if not, you're burnt out. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and because that was all I was doing. Um, I mean, it was just, it was just, I would just always. Yeah, maybe if if, you, if it was all you were doing, only births. I've never just done only births except for maybe like my first year and a half. Yeah. After training, and then after that, there was tons of postpartum mixed in, and then soon after that, classes. Mm -hmm. So the only way to manage it 
Mm -hmm. It sounds like you were doing like two full-time jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I was. But remember, if I was doing a class, when I was, when I was doing classes, yes, the weekends were kind of 8.30 to 4.30 type of thing, but the classes in the evenings were Were, for a couple of hours. So there was lots of times I was upstairs with a woman laboring. I would call, I, I always, almost always called Tammy Manzo, who's a good friend yes, of mine, yeah. who, uh, who has, yeah, she's, I love Tammy. She's yes, a great, great, great too. woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I call Tammy and say, okay, I have to teach a class. Can you come and hang out at this birth? And I'll go, um, down, teach my class, come back up, take over again. And she would, she lived close to the hospital. She was happy to do that. I, I feel horrible for saying, too, there was a number of times I had to go down to Mount Sinai, and I'd be at Mount Sinai, and I'd call her and say, I have to leave. I have to go teach a class. And she'd gather her stuff up. She'd drive down to Sinai. She'd find parking in that horrific parking <laughs> yeah, structure. Yeah, yeah. I hate that parking. <laughs> right? And, it scares uh, me. And then she'd be walking into Mount Sinai, and I'd call and go, Tammy, so the baby's here. <laughs> so oh, never mind. Terribly sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <coughs> it happened. Back have you, to the life of birth, though. Have right? you ever had Kim? Have you ever had to juggle teaching and going to a birth at St. Mike's? No, not really. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, Somehow it's always worked out, like you said. Like I said earlier this week, shit works out. Yeah. It's supposed to work out the way it's supposed to work out, and that is how I live my doula life. Yeah. It, it takes a long time to get there, though. It does. Right? Oh, it really does. Yeah. But in the past probably five years, I've it's almost been a mantra for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. to be, yeah, things will work out. It's Yes, it's going to be crazy shit, <clears throat> but it's all going to work out, and I am going to be where I'm supposed, supposed to, to be. be. Yeah. That is that. The universe is going to place me where I need to be. Yeah. And if that's teaching, then that's teaching. If that's at this birth, then that's at that birth. Mm-hmm. If it's Stephanie at this birth and me still teaching, that's, that's the, the way, way it's going to be. Yeah. It's like with this couple, like mm-hmm. I, the universe was telling me when I got into my car to say, you know what? I am not the doula for this couple, but I know somebody else is. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, you, I think it's you. <laughs> you have to be the one to do this. Because I think ultimately I know the my the universe is all I don't know, it sounds airy fairy weird stuff, but I just believe that I'm gonna be where I'm supposed to be. But it takes it takes I mean it's fear I think in the beginning, right? Because you're it's, it's you terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> if you say no to this birth or if I miss this birth then I'll never have another birth or if something yeah. comes up and then you think Things happen the way they're supposed to happen, and I'm going to have to be okay with it because I can't change how things are unfolding. So I can either fight it and then be really anxious, or I can just let things happen. And Like, look, I accidentally, in the beginning of the year, booked, like, eight clients within a three-week period. Oh, which geez. is fucking yeah. ridiculous. Like, what did she do? <laughs> I And it was an accident. Like, I didn't actually. People just kept coming, and I had been... I knew I had to take the summer off to help my mom with her knee surgery. So I needed to take the clients I could get in the beginning of sure. the year to for the money for sure. the, the time Stop that I was off. Sure. Um, and you had set that intention. Too. I had, had set that. Talking, yes. She's like, I am going to welcome all these clients for yes. this time frame, so I'm free to help my mother at this time. And, and all then of a sudden, suddenly like, it was, people won't stop calling. Suddenly it was fucking eight people. <laughs> and I'm going, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> and then I just... 
I don't know. I just was like, God, universe, please make me get to all these births <laughs> because a, I can't afford to pay a backup, and I just, I can't not miss a birth. <clears throat> yeah. And you just got the red one, one or <laughs> one or two delivered early, some delivered late, some were induced, so that was like perfect, and it was like everything. I was probably going to have a heart attack by the time it was yeah. all over. My head was going to explode. But when it was done, it was like, holy fuck, I did that. It's yeah. done. And now I have no clients. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like. And you had a car accident right in the oh, middle of the middle of I was in a car yes. accident. Yes, yeah. I was in a car accident. <laughs> so I couldn't even get treatment because I was constantly on call. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. Have you ever. Your have poor you, hamstrings. <laughs> yes, my hamstrings are fucked. My neck is fucked. Mm -hmm. But that's what. That's why God invented Tylenol and ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. What were you going to ask? I was going to say, what about you? Like, have you ever missed a birth? Because you have. You tend to have. Well, I've many. called you in for backup. I've called. Yeah. In, have I called you in for backup too, Suzanne? I've called you in for backup. Yes. So, like, yes. a couple of my clients and stuff. I had to go to. It's one of those things, you know those things you always have the caveat, it's like, unless I'm at a birth. Right. I was the godmother at the oh, baptism. Oh, I, you can't kind of... There's no caveat for that. No. So, so okay, but be let's church. be honest. You didn't want to be at that birth by the time you got to that point. <laughs> I was I was emotionally tapped out at that birth that I had called Kim in. Kim got in there 15 minutes later. She was emotionally tapped out. She's like, what is happening here? It wasn't, actually, it wasn't even birth. No, it was... But yeah. that was going on at the birth. Yeah. But, um, which, some mental happens, health, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That you kind of weren't, a, you weren't privy to. Initially, you thought it was just quirky, but turned right. out to be quite draining. But it was helpful, too, because I had taught them in <laughs> hypnobirthing classes as yeah. well. So it wasn't like I was going blind. Like we right. knew, I knew these people, which was quite helpful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that, and I think I've, I've missed births before, but it's more like where there was a precipitous birth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where, Actually, things just flew ahead of you. Literally yeah. flew out, and most of the time, those were my hit my birthing clients. Like they just kind of were so relaxed and chill about birthing. Mm -hmm. It was almost always the same thing. I'd get a call from the partner saying, "I something like I can see ahead," and it's like, you know, you should really be calling nine one one right now and mm -hmm. yeah, not, not asking me. me to walk you through it. Yeah, and that I'll be there shortly, or I'll meet yeah. you at the hospital. Or something. It's, it's usually what happens when we just slip into the tub and just kind of ride the ride and. Yeah. Get out of the tub, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, kerplunk! <laughs> There's a baby. Or, or they had a really long labor the first time, so they're they, they're they thinking totally they're going to cry wolf again, yeah. right? If I ask you to come now, then then yes, then I mean you're just going to be sitting around, right? Yeah. Or an induction the first time. That's yes. long, but if you yeah. have an induction the first time, so they that's don't what know what you're it waiting feels like for. to go into labor. So yeah. spontaneous labor is like, oh. Well, I'll call her when it gets much more intense. <laughs> yeah. that a crowning, you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they don't end up calling anybody. Yeah. And I get the call like either right after or the, well, she's, you know, she's really relaxed, but she's, you know, bearing down a little bit. She's kind of grunty. It's like, okay. awesome. I'll see you shortly. <laughs> you might want to not get in the car right now. No, please don't get in the car. Please don't get in the car. So do you two have like, an idea that you know, yes, at some point in the future, near future, 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 that <coughs> you there's going to be a time when I'm not doing <coughs> this birthing thing anymore. One hundred percent. I'm fifty-two, <laughs> and if that thought hasn't entered my head in the last 
two years, like a hundred times. How long can I keep doing this? As I creak my way to my car yeah. after like an all night birth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really, Suzanne, you know, 10, 15 years ago, walking to your car after a birth, you were invigorated. Didn't feel like, yes. 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 I felt like, oh my God. Like I can't take believe I took the world. Now, right? it's yes. like, where's, yes. where's yeah. the nearest burger joint? Yeah. I need a burger. I need something. And oh my God, and how long is it going to take bed? me? Yeah. Yes. And, and don't judge me. The, uh, the condition of my body, which I must say doesn't necessarily have to do with age. It has to do with being overweight or not being well hydrated or well nourished enough before the birth happens and well slept. But that's the point. Like if I don't pay super duper attention to that mm -hmm. stuff now, then I am just bent and crooked and busted up after mm -hmm. a birth. Whereas before I could be eating like poutine every day and living off three hours sleep. Right. I still <laughs> oh feel God, okay. Remember those days? I love when like gravy and cheese curds were it like your nutritional like, base, like that. Uh, and, 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 and it was all okay. <laughs> and it was all okay. If something came in a package and you just added hot water to it, that's nutrition. <laughs> yep. Now, if I don't follow the straight and narrow, I'm gonna fall apart. Sure. Yeah. And um, so either I try to reverse time by getting like fit and strong and whatever, which is I'm not saying it's a bad idea. No just unlikely to really happen anytime <laughs> soon, I have to start thinking about how long I'm going to be doing this because it is getting harder and harder for me to, and I am starting to feel that, oh my God, let me see, if I have to go to this birth at this o'clock and then I have to be at the birth during this time around the clock, I'm going to be destroyed tomorrow. Yeah. But if I, you know, I'm, I'm always doing those math mm -hmm. calculations about sure. when am I going to be standing on my feet? Mm -hmm. And yes. I'm finding myself sometimes in the middle of a long birth feeling just sort of, I need yes. to lie down for about a half an hour, people. <laughs> and that wasn't happening before. And that's not cool, and I don't like that. No. So if I can't fix that somehow, I have to start thinking about, What's next? An exit strategy and what's next, and that scares the shit out of me. So I think for me, I really do want to still be in this, like you. Like yeah. I want to get to a point. Like you're my squad goal. Like right now, <laughs> my my dream, if the universe is listening, my dream would be to be able to teach. And make enough money doing that or even supporting other doulas sure. and things like that where I don't have to go out in the middle of the night right. to do a birth. And I don't want to do postpartum either. Like I don't – that's never really – I do it, um, but it's never really been in my wheelhouse. It isn't something yeah. I've enjoyed. Right. Um, but I really want to just teach and that's all I want to do. And if I can make money to support my family as a single mom, I want to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> but getting there and being able to make money teaching, doing what I do, it's not, I have to keep doing births yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. until something it's happens. Like, it's not like there's much choice. That's no. just how I'm feeling. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like it's, it's what's paying the bills. Yeah. Right? Sam, as you evolved, you moved into, you mentioned that you're, is it Thrive Chiropractic? Is that? No, I'm at Think Chiropractic. Chiropractic. Think Chiropractic. Chiropractic. I knew there was so, a T. Yeah. yeah. There's a T there. Um, so you kind of evolved again, still into a really health and wellness role. at least. Yeah, you know, you're working in a community in a place whose mm -hmm. center idea is 
maximum health for somebody, no matter sure. where you are Absolutely. in your journey. Um, and we treat infants as young as three days old. And mm-hmm. and then we, but the whole spectrum is awesome to see these people come in that are in their 90s and they're coming into Absolutely. our clinic as well. Um, and, and I really nurture the women's and children's health side of things too. So Absolutely. it's amazing. I have a month free drop in in my office mm-hmm. on Tuesday afternoons. Um, any parent is welcome to come, um, whether it's the birth parent or the non-birth parent, come to the drop-in and just meet other parents from the community and their children and, and get to know people in their community. I know that the public health used to do a program like that, mm-hmm. calling new parents. And that, and I got so much from it as a new mom living in a new community yeah. that when I started at Think, <clears throat> I said, this is something I want to bring in. And, and, and Rod, the guy that owns the clinic is, is phenomenal. And he, and he's, he's wonderful at letting me teach my prenatal classes out of the office there and, um, and, and do whatever I want to do. And he's like, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Have the, have the families come. It's a community that, yeah. the kind of community we live in. That's a resource that people can, can really use. It's great for me. I get my baby fix and then yeah. everybody leaves. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're call. not on call. Yeah. 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 So it's all for everybody. It seems like it's going to be an evolution. Kim, you want Absolutely. to evolve towards more teaching. Maybe like a, I mean, you could teach a variety of classes as yeah. opposed to a singular hospital class. Mm-hmm. Suzanne, do you know what you want to evolve to? I know mentoring too. That was something that's definitely on your radar. I love doing that. And it's all sort of about teaching too. That's yeah. what I, love doing yeah and so if I could find a way to make that a real viable mm-hmm. thing um then I would when yeah. I use that yeah so I'm sitting here amongst three teachers and I'm still just like nope <coughs> <laughs> said not in my wheelhouse don't tell, ask me how to show you how to do something stop no. it <laughs> no I mean again one-to-one with the direct yeah. thing I'm working with love that shit. it's yeah. standing up and in front of people and that's people, critical right? too yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, and I feel it's like it is teaching. It is yeah. teaching. It's it's just yeah. it's much more personal. It's sure. Like yes. It's, yeah. You know. But that's like my homeschooling parent. I'm sitting with my one kid talking about something. That's teaching. It doesn't have to be in that's front of like Lazar, a classroom. Though. We're yeah. teachers. I, we're educators, and besides, you know, it's all part of support. So you but it's a, it's a structure that's just a, yeah, like if you get into a private prenatal class, yeah. then you're thinking now I have to have a structure for my yeah. prenatal class, and that's part of beyond but if they said you know what tell me what you know about birth yes. what can I expect and yes. you just sit down tell me and about the placenta less, that, yeah. yeah let's talk about <laughs> you know all about that so you you'd be able to teach and someone asked yeah. you why do you have a placenta well let me tell you it's oh, <laughs> awesome. an amazing organ mm-hmm. um but uh yeah that's, that's not in my wheelhouse not in that work definitely. right yeah, but, sure. but one-to-one with a family sitting down having a great big old conversation about it love that shit um my my evolution is moving toward, more towards the um, evolution of breast is best and changing that up and right yes. and that stuff. But again, it it's not going to be a you know it's never it's not retirement. It's the evolving into a different area, yes, supporting yeah. a different community, yeah. um, a metamorphosis, and metamorphosis, and most certainly doing. And this is coming to doing a lot more breastfeeding support these days and chest feeding. Yeah, that's the conversation you and I were having. That's right. right? Yeah. Is uh, supporting families in their feeding choices, right, mm-hmm. and their feeding approach and their feeding comfort level mm-hmm. with uh, so many different families, you know, mm-hmm. and normalizing that you ask for help. Yes. That yes. It's not, so hard. It's right? okay mm-hmm. to ask for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody, please. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, we're talking about the chest feeding, even more so mm-hmm. saying, I want help with chest feeding. It's even harder than saying, I want Absolutely. help with chest feeding. You know, and having someone come in and understand that that's important to you, why it's important to you, and the unique challenges that come with that. Sure. Um, And 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 the clothing, right? To have chest feeding friendly clothes, not just breastfeeding friendly clothes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And someone, quite obviously, someone who's chest feeding is really not interested in your bows and your frill. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, or your crisscross over to make your waist look tiny. No one yeah. cares. <laughs> they don't want to accentuate the brand. No, no, generally. No, yeah. they would just like access, mm-hmm. right? Access. And this pocket fold down? Perfect. Perfect. The pocket, right? I love the zippered pocket idea. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But it's like that super soft. And now we can talk yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the stuff I've been looking into. Because it looks structural mm-hmm. without drawing attention, but it's still so functional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, those are the things that excite me. So. <laughs> okay. But you know what? The, the reality is that's an, a necessary niche as well. And yeah, that's, absolutely. That's something that and you have to find when you're when you're evolving out of one thing, you're evolving into where your niche is, right? Yeah. You're, for sure. And I don't think I think a lot of times we see, you know, okay, well, what about this and what about that? It's like, okay, but where's your passion? Where, yeah. Where is everything leading you to be? Yes. Because that you can, that's the best thing about this job is you, it doesn't exist. You have to create for yourself. I'm trying to tell that to my teenagers. Like nowadays jobs are such that you almost have to create the job like yeah. it isn't like you know when we grew up we went to university and we did this and we ended up with this job and this was the there was a path already laid out for you right but nowadays in this day and age it's about creating the job that you want where's your passion what do you want to do and that's kind of what we've all and, done and blazing your own trail <clears throat> yeah because the days are gone it feels like where you printed out a whole bunch of resumes and went to the mall yeah. and filled out all the yeah. applications and and you got called in for an interview and you got a job. Mm-hmm. You're so, not even allowed to walk in with your resume anymore. Yeah, like, please go apply online. online. Yeah, See, you got to blaze your trail. In my office, if you don't bring me a resume, I'm I'm unlikely to even really look at what you've emailed me. I want to know what you, you're, you're yeah. yes. dealing with. The public, come in, talk to me. That makes yeah. so much sense to me. Come talk, yes. to me. Yes. come talk to me. Yeah, come to me as a human. Yeah, I don't want an email with. Yeah, fancy graphics. Or you just so you've you've met your quota. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. supposed to apply to fifteen places today. No, I did. Yeah. yeah, which is precisely mm-hmm. the instruction that my children's father gave them. You you know, make a plan. You're going to hand out twenty resumes today. Go to the mall. Go to here. Go to there. And I'm like, yeah, twenty years ago, that was a good plan. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't, doesn't work, work anymore. anymore. So, and uh, birth work is just like that. You need to blaze your own trail. You need to create the structure that you want. You get to decide. A part of that is very freeing and liberating, and the other part of that is it's scary and terrifying. And and I think that that's why people stay in it longer than they're comfortable, because it's what they need. And and it's terrifying because we've often, especially women, but people in general have been told not to listen to their instincts. Don't listen to your gut. Don't trust what your passion is because your passion's only going to take you so So far. Be practical. Do the the thing that makes sense. Do the right thing. Well, please, when my husband left me six years ago, I was told by people, well, you're going to have to get a real real job job now. Real job. Fuck you. This is my real job. Yeah. No, this is this just is a jobette. <laughs> <laughs> this is my job, and I am paying my bills with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I get support. 
from my ex-husband for child support. But that's not a favor. That's, He's yeah, that's, that's responsibility. That's his responsibility. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, that, when people said that, I was like, there was a part of me that went, shit, you're right. I'm going to have yes. to give up what I love. Yes. So there's more being because taken you from me. Because smart and practical. Yes. Right? I've lost my marriage, and now I'm about to lose the one thing, you know, besides my children no. that makes me happy. Yeah. Nope. That's not, no. and I was like, yeah, I was like, you said, nope, I noped that right out of existence. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what I do. And yeah, I had to work so much harder, mm -hmm. yeah. but forget it. One thing I did want to talk about before we sort of get to the birth story, because we're right. coming to an ending point, um, is I look at, you know, people such as yourselves who, you know, who are retiring this vast amount of knowledge and experience <laughs> leaving um, the, the, the birthing world. And of course, just the last little bit, we saw the death of Marie Mongan, um, the hypnobirthing creator. We are getting to a point where these, you know, these amazing individuals who really created this world for us, um, are starting to leave it, mm -hmm. um, not just through retirement, but also through, you know, actually leaving this earth. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, if you're an older doula out there and can, you know, still put that knowledge out there into the universe for newer doulas, we talked about this last week mm -hmm. that, you know, it's really, really important. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, make sure that you are still <laughs> <laughs> nice flash. <laughs> so now they take a picture, and now no. two people on that Paparazzi. side of the table can't see. Oh my gosh! Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I would like to give a shout out to you know Marie Mongan, who you know really I was a hypnobirthing educator for a very long time, and yeah, that's. This is going to keep happening. It is. There are more and more out there who are, you know, getting on the better side of their age. Um, and I think it's important that we make sure that we are still ex putting that knowledge out there into the world and for these new doulas that are going to be the ones that are taking our places. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So, all right. And, and then... <laughs> <laughs> it's photo time. Sorry, yeah, paparazzi. <laughs> I never have enough pictures. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. But but you know, and I always invite people to ask me questions. I Absolutely. always have. Um, I've always invited people to come and sit in on my prenatal classes when I'm teaching prenatal Absolutely. classes. That's an evolution, and I truly think that it's not just my prenatal classes. I think if someone's getting into the industry, I think that they should attend prenatal classes taught by several different people yeah, from several different more. kinds of locations. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah, so come to my LGBTQ plus classes. Yes. Come to, you know, hospital-based classes at, at St. Mike's and elsewhere, <clears throat> although fewer and fewer places are offering them in hospital too. Yes. And, and I, will, I also will say that our hospital is maybe the only hospital that is happy having doulas teaching their classes. Well, yeah. Is that true? I mean, there are the other hospitals have nurses. Right, right. Yeah, yeah they're either getting rid of it or they're going straight to just nurses one yeah. day. Yeah, right. One day crash. So, yeah. so that's that's harder to find. So we offer a unique perspective. Sure, yes. even Absolutely. among hospital-based classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a good idea. People yeah. to variety of settings, variety of yeah. teachers, variety of sort of perspectives. Yeah, yeah. And and I encourage people not to attend 
birth at just any one location. And I don't, I mean, home is obviously different, but, but um, if you're going to hospitals, put yourself out there at a couple of hospitals because the way that things happen at one is not necessarily the way that things happen at another. And I, you know, I was at Trillium the most because that's where I was teaching. Um, But even within the same community, going to Credit Valley was an absolutely different birth experience than birthing at Trillium. Yes, it is. And, uh, (laughs) right. Um, Yeah, we won't get into that necessarily. Positive. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so as a, a new doula coming in, seeing the uh, seeing a variety of locations mm-hmm. um, for birth as well is is really important because absolutely it's um, always different everywhere. Yeah, certainly helps you develop your communication skills, <coughs> sure, and yes. your peacemaking skills, and or even just the knowledge you can offer it there. If someone's saying, "Hey, I'm looking for this type of birth," do you know a place where the culture is very welcoming to that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or or not welcoming to that? Yeah, right. You know you. I never. It's never about bad mouthing some somewhere, but you're, it's, I'm certainly happy to say, you know what? If that's your goal, probably not the right location. It's not. Yes. It's not. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Your it's, re- it's just reality. Yeah, yeah you're not being negative. You're saying, look, if this is what you want, this is a better option for right. you than say X Y Z. Yeah, like if you want to go to Rochester, I'm not going to send you to Buffalo. Right. right? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Unless you absolutely have to yeah. on the way home. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you need to go there first. Fine, but mm-hmm. if you real, if your destination is this. Yeah. Um, you want to give them the right path. That's possible. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. So we're in an hour, so this is good. So I think now would be a great to hear the story of your other child. Are we going to take a break? Are we? I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to take a break then. Um, and then we'll have the story. Yeah. It's regular coffee. You drove the, <laughs> you drove the longest here. So yeah. <laughs> and drank coffee and water. All right, so we'll be back. Okay. All right, we're back. Yep. Hello. Hello. So um, this is the part where we tell a birth story. And happily enough, we, you still owe us a birth story. <laughs> you have two babies, and you've only told us about one. She sent one. it to us. We just didn't read it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did, actually. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's our fault. Yeah, that's but that's okay. good, because it's better I'm, to hear I'm sitting here screaming for stories, and we actually have them sitting in our pocket. <laughs> and that's sort of how this happened. Right? Yeah. I was like, um... I don't remember because I'm yeah. a religious listener. Like, every <laughs> and week. seriously, I have to say, like you have been such a fan and so such a great supportive support. Yeah, of this. Yeah. We love it. Uh, it's what's happy keeping to. us going. Honestly, yeah. I'm happy to. Yeah, happy good to. for the ego. Good for the there ego. You go. <laughs> so tell us, who are we hearing about today? So this is Quinn's birth story, my second child. And I'm actually going to read it. I said, I'm going to read it from what I sent to you guys. Sent it to us. Because otherwise, I can be verbose. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. Um, so it says In the years between March 1998, so that's when Fergus was born, and May 2001, when Quinn was born, I did a lot of growing and changing in terms of deciding the kinds of things that were important to me as a woman and as a woman who worked with women, helping them have babies and grow their families. I became a certified doula. I became a La Leche League leader, and on and on and on with La Leche League, which is how I first know Suzanne. <laughs> Sam was my DA, Yay. which stands for District Advisor. Yes. That's the person you write to, to tell them if you and your co-leaders are fighting, <laughs> or whatever yes. issues your group is having, you, yeah. you, you call your DA, and you cry, and she tells you how to fix it. 
And and you send reports, and you, we actually yes. wrote them out by hand and put them in the oh, mail. Remember in those, those days yes. with mail. a stamp? Oh my god! And an envelope. It was it just was crazy yeah. the amount of mail that we did in those days, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I became a childbirth educator. So by the time I conceived my second child, uh, Fergus was about two and a half years old. And it, that for me, that age spread felt like it was going to work perfectly because I knew that my sister and I were very close in age. We were intentionally only 13 and a half months apart. Ooh, and and um, it, But that didn't leave us much autonomy growing up. So the age spread I was choosing for my children, I hoped would provide them with the opportunity to feel like they were close enough in age to be emotionally connected but not so close in age that they felt like they had to fight for attention or priority within the family dynamics. I did a lot of research. I did a lot of educating. I attended a lot of births. And I was uh, teaching for Trillium Health Center by the time I was having my second child. I was maintaining excellent overall health, and my plan was to birth with the local midwives. I was taken into care with them with the understanding that if my blood pressure elevated in any way that I would have to to have at least a consultation with an OBGYN and a potential transfer of care. And I don't know if you remember from my first birth yes. story, I was on bed rest for 10 mm-hmm. weeks because yeah. of high blood pressure. So it was, it was uh, I understood why they were so careful. Um, at that point, I was okay with what they needed in order for them to be willing to give care to me. I just wanted to feel as though I had a voice in the pregnancy and birthing process. This was so much my focus that I felt empowered and supported in my decision to decline all screening and all ultrasounds in my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I knew personally that any potential negative outcomes from testing would not change my feelings about the pregnancy and I didn't want to have anything I was worrying about. All of this changed when I, mm-hmm. it was measuring 28. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I had, I'd had no ultrasounds, no nothing other than peeing on a stick at that point well, and routine blood work. So my first child was eight and a half pounds. It wasn't beyond the realm of possibility that this was another healthy sized baby, but five centimeters was a big spread. Mm-hmm. And I'd been going fairly, growing fairly consistently up until that point. So my midwife and very dear friend, Shirley sat me down and she looked at me very calmly and said that she respected my decision not to have had any ultrasounds or testing through the pregnancy, but with a five centimeter difference. At only 23 weeks, she was concerned that there was a possibility that I was carrying twins. Mm. I'm going to check that out. Well, <laughs> and, and because I was still breastfeeding Fergus at that time and had been breastfeeding through conception, the reality is that I could very easily have not ovulated one month yes. and ovulated the two m- eggs, yeah. one from each yeah, side, yeah. the next month. Right. Breastfeeding, continuing to breastfeed through conception increases your risk of twins or possibility of twins, not risk, possibility. Mm-hmm. So... I knew the risks, and when she told me that there was an elevated chance I might be carrying twins, you ought to know I arranged for an ultrasound the next day. (laughs) I called in all of the favors. Yes. I wasn't opposed to twins, but I really wanted wanted my eyes wide open to that. Yeah, you don't want that to be. It's a girl and a boy. And I I knew that my midwives needed to have an idea of what was happening too. So fair enough. So once the decision was made to have the ultrasound, I began to look at all of what I wanted to learn about this baby. And I hadn't had any testing done, so I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. But Fergus's best friend at the time was a little girl. And so he told me from the moment he knew I was pregnant that I needed to have a girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because that's what he knew. That Mm -hmm. was his best friend. And so when I decided I was having the ultrasound, I thought if I'm there, if they can tell me, just in case it's a boy, 
I should probably find out so that I can let Fergus know. Yeah. So you can get accustomed to the idea. Yeah. Yes. It sounds exactly yeah. like my story. Yeah. 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 And and I found out it was a boy. Yeah. And so I had to tell him. And um, but as an aside, because you know I love my asides. Um, <laughs> we uh, do too. <laughs> yeah. um, the two of them were and have been the best friends and super close since the moment Quinn was born. So I don't know See? what he was concerned yes. about. He was yeah. a little bit. God, you know. How was that conversation life. when you told him? He he was let's see how oh gosh 18 19 years ago um he was he said no, like he, for acting, he was going to be a little <laughs> brother. Sorry, no, mommy, nope. no. Um, but I kept referring to him, Quinn, as, as a him. Now the baby's a him, and, and we named him, and he knew who this was going to be. And so by the time we really put the, 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 the reality on, look how much you've grown and changed, and look how big you are, and yes, you've got Dahlia as a best friend, but look at your other friends, and Adam's a good friend of yours, and all of these other things. So that when, by the time Quinn came, really and truly, Fergus's focus was just that he got to be a big brother, yeah. and he was super excited about that. Mm, I love and, that. Yeah, and so he really didn't, did, didn't bat an eye. And then it, and Quinn came out, and Fergus was like, I can't do anything, so yeah. I'll just keep playing with Dalian and Adam over here. Yeah, that's right. yeah. You deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, um, so once it was determined that there was only one baby in my uterus and my blood pressure was holding its own, then I continued happily through the pregnancy. Quite honestly, I only gained about 11 pounds in the entire pregnancy, but I really attribute that to the fact that I was chasing around a two-and-a-half-year-old and I didn't have time to sit around and on my ass all day and eat crap. <laughs> so Those are the benefits of a first baby, first <laughs> right. pregnancy. Right? Oh, yeah. Ice cream, of course, it's a food food group. Bring it. Breakfast seems so really good with ice cream. You right? Know? Yeah. So then I went to see my midwife for an appointment at 37 weeks gestation, and she palpated my uterus. Funny, why was she palpating on one side of my uterus by my hip and the other side of my uterus by the other hip? <laughs> Didn't she know that the baby's head should be right down near my pubic bone? Yes, she knew. Apparently nobody had told the baby. Mm, he was shit. laying in a transverse position across my midsection. Mm. I acknowledged that I had said I did not want an episiotomy under any circumstances with my first birth, but I was feeling pretty close to the same about the idea of a cesarean birth at any given time. Mm. So when my midwife looked at me and said, Sam, your baby is transverse, I knew that there was no way, be way for that baby to fold himself in half to come out vaginally. How have they not figured that out yet? I don't know. Kids. With all the Honestly, things that we know how to do. Send a man right? to the moon. <laughs> can't get a baby outside. can't ask for directions to come out of a vagina. Come on. <laughs> right. So calls were made. Schedules were juggled. I was booked in to see Dr. Cowell at Trillium Health Center for an external cephalic version. Then I did the stupidest thing any pregnant woman could ever do. I doctor Googled. Oh, oh shit. Jesus. Stop it! <laughs> Google was it? How? What year was this? Uh, two thousand and one. Oh, so it was probably really worse. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. yeah. Like only like bad, scary stuff was on Google. Well, that, and that's just it, right? Mm -hmm. And because nobody takes the time to tell their great stories on no, Google, well, I tell my prenatal classes this on clients all the time. Mm -hmm. you, you're never going to find the good news stories. You're only going to find the horror stories. It's like when we used to watch the baby story on TLC. Remember a hundred years mercy. ago? Yeah. And and every break it almost felt like they just needed to insert the dun 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 before the yes. commercial yeah yeah i was on life's birth stories right yeah and i was awesome with it they gave me the last choice for all the video and everything mm -hmm. didn't even think about the 
narration. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it on TV with the narration, I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. What yeah, you tell me? That's not how my birth was. That's right. Dun, you, dun, you, dun. you add that a certain kind of music yeah. and certain words, and, and it changes risks. the whole mood sure. of yeah, the thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's totally like, true. Yeah, I mean, like, when exactly. <laughs> the, the most, the most beautiful birth that I've went to is really it doesn't make a great story and then she and then she breathed five times and the baby slowly came out the end right how exciting is that? Who's watching that? The only, oh, yeah. only the person who gave birth is watching that. Like yes. nobody's, nobody's popping popcorn to yeah. see how yeah. this ends. So we only right. want to yeah. hear the big bad horror Absolutely. sensation. Raising yeah. version, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what you found on yeah, that Google. Yeah. yeah, and I was 150% convinced that the ECV was going to be the most absolutely excruciating process I'd ever endured in my life after, after reading <laughs> online. Yeah. But I was committed to suck it up because I knew I wanted my baby to be born vaginally. I watched online as women appeared to be tortured through the process of having their babies turned. Good God. I got in there and after a quick ultrasound was done, Dr. Cowell laid her hands on my stomach. Mere moments later, she looked at me and said, there you go, he's head down. (laughs) And you're like, hold on a second. That's exactly it. Wait, what? I felt a little bit of pressure, but I honestly, I thought she was kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's head, come on, he's head down. Nothing painful, nothing overwhelming. Where's the torture? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they, they, then after they flip him, they listen to him for a while, make sure he's okay, not stressed out, yeah. and, they, and they sent me on my way. And as I walked out of the hospital, I pat my belly and I said, see, I'm the mom. I win. <laughs> <laughs> my ex looked at me and said, why did you say that? Mm-hmm. I like, because well, I'm the mom and I win. Because, yeah, because <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. So uh, we just watched the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exactly sure when my little demon spawn decided he was going to do this acrobatic trick, but I didn't feel it. And as you can imagine, I was somewhat surprised when I went back to my midwife at 38 weeks and she said, guess what? He's transferred First again. again. Oh, my God. Oh, bugger. So clearly my son did not get the memo. Yeah. Schedules changed. Lives were rearranged. Fergus was shipped off to his grandparents for the weekend so that I could go in on Friday, have my baby flipped head down. And that was the Friday of the May long weekend. So they're going to do another ECV. ECV. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then an induction. Yep. Yeah. So it was Dr. Schuffler the second time. And they essentially do all the same stuff. They <clears throat> listen to him. They do a quick ultrasound. They palpate, make sure he's still transverse, all that other stuff. And then he flips him. And, and again, just seconds. And then, he, then they use the prostaglandin and tried to, they said, they weren't necessarily trying to put me into labor if it did fine, but they wanted to do at least one or two applications of prostaglandin to kind of get his head down in the pelvis. Right. And I was like, all right, well, I'm determined to win, so let's give <laughs> do it a whirl. Do it. So <clears throat> I was in a standoff with my unborn baby. <laughs> But I, uh, yeah, I was willing to do pretty much anything. So I think it was about 5.30 in the morning on the Saturday when the contractions woke me up and I panicked. I didn't panic that I was having contractions. I didn't panic that I was in labor because I was pretty excited about all that. What I panicked about was that, that throughout my entire first pregnancy, I wrote regular letters of love and admiration, <laughs> wonder and excitement to my unborn baby. Now we were 38 weeks gestation, and the time was upon us for his birth to be imminent, and I had not written a single oh word to this child. How could you? The second time mother failure. Exactly. Right? Yeah. He was going to think I didn't love, love him. him. Yeah. What kind of a monster was yeah. I? 
So I grabbed the gray exercise ball that I had inflated in the latter part of pregnancy. I plopped it down in front of the computer while my ex slept and I pounded out a letter of love to my son. <laughs> I told him how planned he was, how loved he was, how excited we all were, and how glad I was that he was willing to work with me to increase the chances of us having and a your, vaginal And your birth. little baby is not going to read like all the desperation <laughs> no. behind all of your words of love. <laughs> right. Somewhere in there I decided that probably I should page my midwife. Um, this was the same midwife who'd asked me to have an ultrasound at 23 weeks. She didn't live too far, just on the edge of town. And when she got to my house at 7.30 or 8 in the morning, she told me how she'd been standing in her, at her kitchen sink making tea before coming to my house watching deer in her backyard. Mm. Watching deer in your backyard while yes. I'm having contractions Watches. every three to five minutes? Yeah, thanks. Do you know something I don't know? Yeah. your face. That's right. About 10 minutes after she arrived at my house and she'd done a vaginal exam, we were in the car and on our way from Georgetown, where we lived, to Trillium Health Center. So it's about 30 minutes that's or so. Trick, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that, because that's where she had privileges and that's where I worked, that's where I was. I didn't, that's where at the time, go. Georgetown has a different perspective about things. The midwives didn't have privileges there and mm -hmm. oh, I was right. not comfortable having a baby at Georgetown at the mm -hmm. time. So, um, it was not the most comfortable car ride I'd ever had. Mm -hmm. I did tell her before we left the apartment that I wanted to get into the tub at Trillium when we got there. So when we arrived at the hospital, she'd already started filling it. I climbed in and stayed there until I felt pressure around 9.30 or so. Uh, best of all, this was that I had told my ex how phenomenal I'd felt while I was sitting on the exercise ball while we were still at home. So I made my ex carry the exercise ball into the hospital in case I wanted it. And mm -hmm. <laughs> then I didn't use didn't it. Use mm -hmm. it. <laughs> Oopsie. So it sat in, on the way home from the hospital a couple of hours later. It sat in the front seat of the car, and I sat in the back with the baby. Um, my midwife assessed me while I was in the tub, and I was almost fully dilated with a little lip on the side. I knew that the second midwife was at the hospital, too. I was told that I couldn't have my baby in the tub. I was going to have to get out without a crane, I might add. <laughs> and I was going to have to go back to the room and climb on the bed. I got on the bed and was told, don't push yet. My second midwife got right in my face. She held my cheeks in her hands and she lo locked eyes with me. Tori Tudor, and I don't even know if she's still a practicing a midwife. Mm -hmm. um, that name yeah. sounds familiar, though. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah phenomenal. Uh, I love them all there. Anyway, um, she kept chanting to me uh, to say and saying, say it. I can do this. I can do this. And she's like inches from the end of my nose. And I looked at her, and no matter how firmly she held my head, I shook it from side to side and said, I can't do this. <laughs> we just argued back and forth for an eternity. Pretty much the entire three to five minutes of my transition phase. <laughs> that's, the <laughs> that's the eternity. That's the eternity. It's transition eternity. Yeah. And then I pushed. At some point during the pregnancy, I had told Shirley that I wanted to be squatting to birth. I went so far as to ask her to ensure that I remembered that I wanted to squat for birth because it was that important to me. When she saw that I was involuntarily grunting or preparing to push, she said very calmly, you wanted me to remind you that you wanted to, to squat. So we, we locked eyes. I rolled on my side, I grabbed my leg, and I grunted, I'm not moving as I pushed. <laughs> and I literally pushed once, mm -hmm. like consciously pushed one time, and his head body, the whole thing came oh, out. Shit. And she had to physically catch, catch. him yes. oh wow it's like yeah. a luge that's awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well he was six and a half pounds i had yeah. done an oh, eight and a half pounder three years before so i figure oh, i pretty much just right? <laughs> well i didn't have to sneeze so maybe that was <laughs> he stayed in as long as he did 
Um, but he because he came through so fast, he was really bruised and oh, and yeah, yeah. for a few days and stuff like yeah. that. And I had said I was going to delay all um, newborn testing care things stuff, and all that care screening afterwards. And all that so um, the one thing that I consented to was vitamin K okay. because right. he came he so, so fast. Yeah, that was this, yeah. Um, he, and he was in shock. He needed he yeah. didn't he didn't need CPAP, but he had the free flow oxygen mask close to his face to make sure he had lots of oxygen opportunity and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, and then he went right up on my chest at ten o'clock in the morning. By twelve thirty, we were on our way home. By four o'clock that afternoon, I'd put him in my heart to heart sling. Heart to heart sling. Did you have to fill out a thing and send it away? Because you don't do well. I mean, when I got my first heart to heart sling. Now you know. Now you know. Very welcome. You had to fill out the thing that I think I filled out from New Beginnings. The Literature League magazine. Mail it off. Wait six weeks, and then it arrived in the mail. Well, because Bev's place was 20 minutes from my house, because oh. I lived in Georgetown at the yeah, time, yeah. Right? she was in Campbellville, <clears throat> um, and one of my co-leaders actually sold the sling, oh, okay. so she came to my, and, and I had a sling with Fergus, it was a beautiful Kelly Green plaid that I wore religiously, when I was pregnant with Quinn, I bought Fergus a, a, a child-sized Kelly Green plaid sling so for his dollies. Uh-huh. And then, and I still, I had to buy a second sling when Quinn was born because that was, the Kelly Green was Quinn's. So the blue and white plaid was was Quinn's mm-hmm. and uh, put him in that sling, took him for a walk around the neighborhood. And I went into the local health food store because we lived just just very close to it. And I was in there all the time and people were like, oh my gosh, you had the baby, when was that? And I said, this, this morning. morning. <laughs> like, oh my like, what? Gosh. what, what, what? <laughs> Why are you out of the house? But I felt <clears throat> phenomenal. Yeah, oh, that's Just, great. Yeah, so good afterwards. Awesome. Yeah, that one was straightforward and easy. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Sounds it's like it's... an adventure leading up to it, though. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's still, well, and he was still a curious, curious child through his, like, young years. He was that kid who had stitches on his first birthday and stitches oh at two and a half. Sounds like Xander. At three, he walked to the kitchen and he grabbed a couple of eggs for no particular reason, walked to the only carpeted area in our house and went smash and, and, and smash the eggs. Together. And the egg was everywhere. At five, he picked up a rock and he scratched the hood of my car to see what was underneath the paint. Like, just yeah. a curious kid. And I, was I like, love how I you're like, you. just a curious kid. I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there were those moments okay. too. There but the, the distance you appreciate from those incidents yes. yes. softens <laughs> the. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But he, he was also the kid who would sleep anywhere. And yeah. he was oh, that child, I'd, I'd lead a league meeting and I'd feed him during the league meeting and I'd put him down and he'd just stay where I put him and I'd go and I'd help other moms with breastfeeding or answer questions or whatever and I'd come back and, oh yeah, you're still there. And wow. he, it was just, it, yeah, totally different personalities. Amazing, yes. amazing children, but totally different. Totally different. Yeah. You know, I would, a really interesting conversation that we could have with probably like a bunch of people to, is to ask... And I remember um, this was like a really common, literally, meeting topic. How did your birth experience, like what connections can you make between your birth experience and your kids' personalities or or how they are? Mm -hmm. Are there any connections? I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. there isn't, but Mm -hmm. if you really think about it, Mm -hmm. hmm, what are the connections you have with Uh your birth experience and your 
how your kids were sure. as babies, as toddlers, and as they got older. That'd be interesting. Yeah, so if people want to can... write that in, if you have sure. hey, that's any obvious idea. connections. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had five kids. I can only think of one of my kids with that connection, but other people might have, you yeah. know, really good direct connections. Mm-hmm. So mine's direct connection right here is to Sam's birth story here. So Xander, my transverse baby, my floating back and forth, back right. and forth. Yeah. all of my kids were breech, mm-hmm. but it was head down, butt down, head down, butt down. Xander was the one who was like side to side. He's also the one who has broken every bone in his body, who runs full force and everything, who sleeps like the absolute dead. We couldn't even get him to school in the morning because he would nap. Right. Or so we delayed him to the afternoon, put him in the afternoon class, but he would nap in the bus on the way home. And I'd have to get on the bus and carry him off because he needs the sleep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And same thing. I could nurse him and pop him down somewhere in the most uncomfortable position, but he would just stay there at cool. Yeah. But if he was left alone, his curiosity would get the best of him, and I'd find him climbing on something to see if he could swing from something. Oh, jeez. Or the banister. Or riding, <laughs> taking his crib mattress, because we just used it for, like, clothing stores. Laundry. And he rode it down the stairs. Um, <laughs> That's why we didn't have stairs. Because you, know, <laughs> yeah. you knew. But yes, it's very much the same funny? thing. And yeah. he's now a traveler. He like just works long enough to make, make money, money and then he travels through. the world. Wow. And he comes cool. back and works and then he travels. <coughs> yeah. Completely, for as much as he's a homebody and when he's with his family, he's never alone in his room or anything. He's always around everyone, doesn't yeah. say much. But he's also completely unafraid to say, hey, I'm going to go to Thailand for three months. Like, no, yeah. just the money in his pocket and his passport. Yeah. And, and he's out of there. And he's out of there. Oh, cool. He's awesome. gone. And wow. then just comes back home and shows up. I'm home. Great. <laughs> awesome. I'll take my stuff out of your room because it was empty and I yeah. just used it for storage. Yeah. He doesn't even want a room. He, we have a room upstairs for him and he's like, he sleeps down here in the, in the living room with the dogs. So on that panel where we would have all the people talking about, well, this was my birth experience and now this is the kind of kid I have, I would also like some like doctors and psychologists and evolutionary Mm -hmm. biologists to make the connections. Because That's a documentary. It's some, it is. It's a, a documentary. whole documentary. Oh, I think it's, it's See, fascinating. I come out once and this is yeah. how you guys grow in a Because all four of my babies are born like that, but they're all different. I'm not filming that and I'm not editing No, that. no. <laughs> we don't have to hire like, yeah, we'd have Someone to hire people. Like funding and somebody will yeah, pay yeah, for somebody that else. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That would be awesome. Yes. Awesome. This was... Mm. Great. Oh, my God. So thank good. you so much, so Thank you yes. so much, because I have had so much fun. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. Are awesome. we going to go get donuts? Are we going to actually go over? We should go to Cordy's. I'm in it. I'm oh, there sure. for it. I've signed up for Since it a the long time ago. I got here. Yes, and I've been hearing about them for months. We have literally like a whole bunch of free and healthy stuff. And I'm trying so hard to go out of our way to get donuts. Yeah. Because... We just got Because it needs to happen. It needs yeah. to happen. All, All right. right. Well, thank you so much. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Do it. Please remember to tell your friends. Tell them. If somebody posts on Facebook, what's a really good doula podcast? Put what? us down. The Absolutely. Pragmatic Doulas. Tell and your mama. Yeah. Tell your mama. <laughs> and please don't forget to send your questions, your comments, anything that if you have a situation you want us to talk about or, or answer um, if you're going through a doula situation that you need some advice on, please feel free to let us know. We will talk about it on here. Um, All your business right here. Yeah. Evolve out of doula work. Do you yeah. have a plan? Yes. Yeah. Do you have What's a your What's What's strategy? strategy? Yeah. Some of you are just becoming doulas, but have you thought about it? Yeah. And then um, have a big reunion with all your families at the end, because that's yeah. the oh coolest thing that yes. I think that I planned was that big reunion with all the families. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So remember to email us at thepragmaticdoulas at gmail.com, and mm-hmm. we will see you.
you'll hear from us next week. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Bye.